Welcome to Purpose Without Limits, the show which strives weekly to empower you to reach your true potential, to help you understand how a simple shift in thinking can make success a reality, both professionally and personally. You'll learn about business etiquette intelligence and why a first impression is so crucial and the real rules of the game to help you outclass your competition. Your host, Dallas Teague Snyder, is founder of Make Your Best Impression, author of the book Professionally Polished, Business Etiquette Savvy for Today's Competitive Market, and co-author of Executive Etiquette Power. For more, visit MakeYourBestImpression.com. The time to become your best self is today. Here's Dallas Teague Snyder. Welcome to Purpose Without Limits. I'm your host, Dallas Teague Snyder, America's Impression Engineer and your friend today. We are the show that helps you live your best life with a simple shift in thinking and the importance of pursuing your purpose both personally and professionally. I'm excited. Joining us today is another fantastic guest, Barbara Kazam. Spending her first 10 years as a chemist, yes, a scientist, Barbara changed professions dramatically and discovered her true purpose as a seminar leader, trainer, and speaker. She has recently co-authored Executive Etiquette Power with other leading business image consultants like myself and also the power of the platform Speakers on Purpose with Jack Canfield and Brian Tracy. If you're not familiar with Jack Canfield, he was a co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. So we are certainly in good hands today. Welcome, Barbara, to the show. Hi, Dallas. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, are you kidding? And it's absolutely my pleasure. We are really, truly blessed to have you join us. And one of the things that I can say we've all undergone is having a difficult time giving bad news. I know your chapter in Executive Etiquette Power is how to say it and not regret it. So tell me a little bit before we delve into that. Tell me about your journey from being a chemist to a speaker and pursuing your personal dream as well. Oh, I would love to tell you, Dallas. I'll tell you that is probably the most common question I ever get asked. How do you go from a chemist to a seminar leader? Let me tell you my story. It's, um, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. So I don't know about you, but for me, when I graduated from high school, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I went into college majoring in accounting, of all things. Well, one year goes by, and I hate accounting, and I realized from high school I always loved my high school chemistry teacher, and I loved chemistry because of her. So I changed my major to a chemist. Well, let me just back up a little bit. Before that, at my high school graduation, I gave a speech. And it was the first time I'd ever given a speech to anybody. It was a large crowd. And I'm telling you, I, after that seminar, I was energized. I had goosebumps. And it, it just flowed. It just was something I was like, wow, this is exciting. And people laughed at me, not with me, but it didn't matter. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was great. Right. Then I go to college. I major in chemistry. I never give a presentation ever again. So I'm doing my career as a chemist, and I'm actually pretty good at it. You know, I have a, I have a knack for it, and it's okay. And I'm, I'm sure you've had a position in some of our listeners where you're doing your job, you're good at it, but it's just, 
it's just not it. Well, you know, it pays the bills, and it's something you thought, I need some security. This is something I can do and be successful in. Right. But it doesn't jazz you. I, you know, that, I mean, that's not a very professional word, but it just doesn't get you excited. That's it doesn't right. make you get out of the day, out of the bed in the day, during that's the day, right. does it? Yeah. So during my career, about five years into it, I started attending some seminars because, like you, I like to update my personal skills and mm-hmm. all that knowledge. And every time I attended one, I would sit in the back thinking, I want to do this. I think I can do this. But then what happens? The negative self-talk. You can't do this. You know, you know, you know that negative self-talk. Oh, yeah, the right it. and left side of your ears. Absolutely, yeah. yes. So I'm on about my third seminar now. This time I go up to the speaker and I talk to her and I say, hey, do you think that I could do something like you? And, <laughs> and, and she was really kind. She's like, well... Uh, you're definitely tall enough. And I was like, wow, I'm tall enough, yay. So I go home, but what do I do? Talk myself out of it. Well, no I have one to, will ever yeah. hire you. I'm sure you've, have you ever done anything like that? Well, you know, it's interesting. I have, pers- you know, asked people, what is my purpose? I remember being, working for a hotel company, and they had hired a consultant to come in and train us. And I was so lost at that point, thinking, what is my purpose? I actually asked the trainer that was hired to, um, to train me in sales, is this the job I should have? Well, of course, it was being videotaped. And she said, of course, you're in the job you should have. You know, what was she going to say to me? But, you know, being five foot two, no one ever said to me, you're tall enough. So I need to know. <laughs> they never said you're too short, but that could have just been, been being kind. So maybe I'm overcoming an obstacle as a speaker. But anyhow, go ahead. Okay, so then this was the turning point. So a couple years go by, and this is just in the back of my mind. I'm flying from, believe it all, all I'm flying from Dallas mm-hmm, oh. to San Diego. It's a three-hour flight. The man that sits next to me just happens to be a motivational speaker. Mm. So uh, for three hours, I'm drilling this guy. What are the pros? What are the cons? What are the features? What are the three hours? We land in San Diego. This guy sprints away from me at the baggage claim. <laughs> I, don't, I got a lot of information out of him. Okay, check this out. That night, before I went to bed, at that time, I was reading from the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, you sure. know, with Jack Canfield. Absolutely. And there was no uh, rhyme. Or re- I just would open it up and randomly read passages. The passage I read that night was about a woman who quit her job to become a motivational speaker. Oh, and that it? was it. It was like a light bulb went off. Eight months later, I became a motivational speaker. You know, isn't it amazing how mm-hmm. God plants those people in our lives in different times? That's right. And, you know, it's said that he gives us the desires of our heart. You know, we have those inklings. Oh, I can do this. I think mm-hmm. I can. I mean, those are planted uh, by him, and it's just a matter of time before he makes it so clear that we can't avoid it. That's right. Hmm. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, and so, then I'll tell you, the first day of my work as a motivational speaker, I knew I knew I was home. You know, that feeling where you're like, aha, I found it. It's awesome. Wow, wow. Okay, so then, uh, I mean, what was your first job? How did you get your first job? Well, my first job was with a seminar company. Okay. So I wanted to get experience as a seminar leader, and then from that I expended out on my own doing my own speaking. Okay. Well, that's a great way to get started. I think a lot of people, they find something they're passionate about, but they really don't know how to take the first step. So it sounds like you wanted to make sure you got with a company that could really help you hone your skills before you stepped out there on your own. That's right. Well, that's fantastic. Well, let's talk a little bit about how to say it and not regret it. One of the things that I noticed in your chapter in Executive Etiquette Power, you described the problems with communications. Uh, tell me about what you think is the biggest challenge for us, maybe especially as women, uh, in communication. 
Oh, there, Dallas, there are so many. <laughs> what I found with women in particular is women are, you know, very good at relationships, and we want people to like us, and we want to be team players. But when we have something negative to say, we either don't say it. That's one of the first things is we don't say it at all. We, and then we let people walk all over us, and then, oh, we tell all our friends, and then we don't get anywhere. So one of the biggest challenges is actually, I, th- I think, in my opinion, it's our attitude. We assume that if we say something to someone, that what they're doing is bugging us, that they're going to get mad at us, that they're going to hate us. When in a lot of times, that's not really the case. So in fact, you know what? I'm so passionate about this attitude concept, not their attitude, my attitude, by the way, mm-hmm. that I've designed, or I've, I've, my topic, my theme for my speaking business sure. is... Forget attitude. Show your kazamitude. Wow. Okay. I so kazamitude is a positive, proactive, respectful attitude. Respect meaning I respect myself and others. Right. Because when we go into a communication with that kind of an attitude, our tone of voice is more positive. But and you all know, you know this: the body language, the facial expression, everything is more positive. And usually, when you're more, more positive, they respond more positively. Well, you're exactly right. I say if we lead with the heart and we have the right attitude, which also means the right heart, mm-hmm. then that follows because people only hear 7% of the words that we say. That's right. And that's why there are so many challenges in communication with email and Oh, my goodness, this texting business. Uh, (laughs) And, of course, in communication and delivering bad news, you're exactly right. Well, I love that theme. That's fantastic. And, of course, it uh, ties into your name as well. So how did you come up with that? I'm curious. Well, okay. So my last name, you said it correctly, is Kazam. But no one, what is that, Kazam? No one can say it. Or Kazam? Is it Kazam? No, it's (laughs) Kazam. So and to get people to remember me, I'm like, it's Kazam, and it is amazing how people just love that word. But then I was all, like, all into attitude. Attitude, Kazam, Kazamitude, it was just a natural flow. Well, you know, I've done something similar in my book. I call it uh, hotelicate. I spent many years in the hotel yeah, and hospitality good. industry, right? And I think you get something that's catchy that people like, and it helps you helps them remember you. That's One right. of the things that happens with me often, you know, we were joking earlier about you flying through Dallas, but with having a name that's also the name of a large city, uh-huh. it certainly helps people remember that. And I that's talk about right. it in my book, Professionally Polished. I talk about how, you know, as a kid, I was always teased about Jay. They are being shot, you know, that 1980s soap opera sitcom. And so regardless if you're a Cowboys fan or you live in Texas, everything's bigger in Texas, uh, you know, people remember that. And so inevitably when they call me Alice, I can go back and say, oh, no, Dallas, like Texas. So it's, it's really very helpful. So that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. In fact, I went to the grocery store the other day, and I walked in, and the lady, one of the workers, was like, hey, it's Kazam. <laughs> She's all excited. <laughs> Oh, and at the grocery store, they remember you. You have made it. That is That's awesome. Right. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, another thing in your in your chapter, you talk about three specific topics. So tell us a little bit about these topics and um, maybe some tips on how we can address these. Okay. Well, the three topics, that was probably the easiest thing I had to come up with for this book because when I do my seminars, I always ask my participants, what do you want to learn? And over and over, over, these three topics came up. Well, so the first one was how to, to communicate and deal with change, especially 
in today's environment, there's a lot of changes, mergers, layoffs. How do oh, we go through it? Absolutely. So that's the first topic, and then that led us naturally to the next topic of delegating. When my people are already overworked, how do I give them more work without appearing bossy? And you know what? A lot of women I have found have, have a hard time letting go. They don't want to appear as bossy. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to appear as bossy. But it's a natural part of being a team player. And delegating, you don't have to have authority over someone to delegate to them. No, it's really, you know? yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a respect issue in how That's you deliver right. the information. Exactly, yes. Right. Like putting paper in the copy machine. <laughs> am I the only one that knows how to do that? I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah. Or am, I ab- you know. yeah, or, or am I above putting paper in the copy machine? That goes the other way as well. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And then the last topic, of course, is the most popular topic ever is how to give negative feedback. I have never, I'll tell you, in my 10 years of speaking, I have never, ever had one person come up to me and say, I love confronting people. <laughs> I've never had anyone say that. I always have people say, I don't like to confront. No, no one likes to confront anybody. Well, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, Barbara, but what I've found is if I turn that idea, not a confrontation, not thinking about it as a confrontation, but as a conversation, mm-hmm. it's just a conversation with... Uh, with a little different message. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so you're, you're right. Nobody says I want to confront someone. That's I right. Know, I know. I could hardly wait to confront my boss. Right. Yeah, exactly. No. In fact, in my chapter, I actually give a formula on how to give negative feedback. It's a very simple little formula that, that kind of keeps you on track. Because you know, I get off track. So, well, women tend to, you know, go off on different topics. So. Well, yeah. So what it, can formula. you share that with us? No, it's too long to share right now. <laughs> <laughs> so key, I'll tell you what the key to success, though. Okay, there you go. The key to success is the very first step, which is focusing on the facts. Okay. You know, not, yeah. oh, you're mean to me. You're always mean to me. No, it's, you know, yesterday at 530 when you threw your book on my desk. Or eight, at 830 this morning when you shoved me down the stairwell. So it's what they did. It's the specifics, not the emotion, not not all this other garbage. Mm -hmm. And if you could focus on that, they usually follow you. And they're like, oh, I didn't know you, I threw my book on your desk. You know, it's it's amazing how that little step can help you get through that conversation. Well, you're exactly right, because you're talking about the issue, not about the person. That's right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. a, that is a great, a great point and also encourages us to get the book, doesn't it? Oh, yes. To read course. the chapter. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so, wow. And I think it's an amazing thing that you focus on this topic because, because again, you said, like you said, nobody really wants to ever s- confront anybody. But there are times in life that if we don't learn these skills, we'll be taken advantage of, we'll lose opportunities, we'll be seen as weak. That's right. And already as women, we have that against us, don't we? That's right. And I talk about that actually in my, in my seminars is if you let people walk all over you, if you always stay till 10 o'clock at night, you're always staying till 10 o'clock at night. That's your fault, not theirs. So it's called, this is kazamitude, where you set your boundaries assertively by using these little formulas. Well, and you're exactly right. So what do you think? Uh, we already talked about, of course, focusing on what happened, not the feelings. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else as far as going into that conversation that you can share with us 
from a just general um, emotional perspective to kind of help us prepare for that conversation? Well, what I recommend and what I teach, of course, first is getting clear on the facts, which I just said. Mm -hmm. And I'm big on preparing. You know, I want to get all the facts. A lot of times we don't have all the facts, and that's part of the problem. We have hearsay. We have assumptions. Oh, they didn't pick me up at the airport, therefore they don't love me. Oh, you don't love me. No, that maybe they forgot you were coming in at a certain time. So I think for me it's getting clear on the facts, and that might be part of the conversation. Hey, so-and-so, I wanted to talk to you about the other day. I was waiting for you at the airport for three and a half hours. Oh, I forgot. I completely forgot is usually what happens, you know. Yeah. So for me the preparation is huge because here's what we do. We don't prepare. We have to see. And in my seminars, I teach people when when you should confront someone when and when you shouldn't. Because I don't. I don't know about you, Dallas. I don't think we have to confront everybody about everything. No, we can choose. And yeah. is, it, is it really worth it? And what? that's a lot of women don't know how to make that decision. I have found wow. is they get confused. Should I confront them or not? And we think we have to confront everybody about everything. Well, I don't know about you. I don't have time for all that. <laughs> yeah, what is the outcome you hope to obtain from it? What is your, as, as Dr. Phil would say, what are you getting out of it? What's the payoff? Well, you mean in having this conversation? Right, exactly, before you go into that. Yeah, well, the payoff when you have the communication is usually you open up the communication channels so you have a clear communication. And usually after you confront someone, the relationship is strengthened. Have you found that? Yeah, I have. Uh, I know my, <laughs> I don't like to bring my husband into this, but it's I interesting know. because he <laughs> says, I never have to worry about what you're thinking. <laughs> and he's joking, but he's really serious. We don't, you know, if he's hurt my feelings, I really know that in his heart, he didn't intend to do that. Right. But it right. can be very hurtful to me. Mm-hmm. And I have to wait until I'm not emotional about it to bring right. that up because I don't want to, uh, talk to him in an accusatory tone because right. it, you, you, like you said, it sets it up for a barrier. Whereas if I speak to him later when I'm not emotional about it, mm-hmm. the first thing he says is, "I did not realize I did that." That's right. I hear that a lot, especially with men, men. Yeah, especially with men and women. Mm-hmm. And I found a lot of times uh, in family relationships, and I know we, we've just gone through the holidays, and oftentimes the holidays are very challenging for families because we have hurt feelings and these oh, conversations yeah. don't happen. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> People are avoiding one another and, and so forth. But, you know, I know I've, uh, I've personally seen two women totally avoid one another, having sort of that passive-aggressive, assuming the other person should know what they're thinking. Oh, yes. Yes. Women are so good at that. Oh, and it's so sad because no I one know. is a mind reader. I know, and we tell all our friends, but we don't tell them. Right. Oh, that drives me batty. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, uh, I find it a real challenge, and, and I've just learned, and I had to learn at a very young age, Barbara, I was a director of sales in hotels by the time I was 25. Wow. And the reason I bring that up is because not only was I director of sales, but I became the boss of my first boss. <laughs> so it was very difficult for me at first to be able to give her work to do. You know, it was a respect issue, but then I had to learn that there are different roles. And she really helped me in that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I remember she came in and sat down with me and said, Dallas, just tell me what you need to do. I chose this position. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanted less responsibility, so I'm here to help you. So I, 
I really appreciate her to this day. And so often we don't have that. We don't have those discussions and things just get blown out of proportion and relationships right. are destroyed. Whereas if they just took that time to have that crucial conversation, like you said, they That's can be right. stronger. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, yeah, we think the things, it goes on in our head. It just doesn't come out our mouth. <laughs> yeah. So wow. we just need to figure out a way to say it nicely and guess what? You know what? Sometimes when we confront people, they'll get mad. Well, you know, if someone has low self-esteem and I confront them, they're always going to get mad. So we have to realize that, too, and that's okay. Well, and how do we keep from taking that personally? Oh, ho, ho, ho. I have a plan for that. <laughs> I thought you might. I get that a lot. How do I not take things personally? What if someone says, well, you're the one that's always negative? Ugh. So what I do, you know how I clear with the facts when I confront them? Right. Well, I make them get specific with me. So if someone says, gosh, Barb, you're, you're negative too, I'll say, really, what specifically am I doing that makes you feel that I'm so negative? Oh, sure. See, there's two different kinds of people who give feedback like that. One of them is the expert who has validity. The other one is the mm, ignoramus who's trying to make us mad. And when you make them get specific, you can distinguish them. So if I said, what specifically am I doing, the, ex- the expert will say, oh, it's your face. And I'll say, okay, I'll have some surgery. <laughs> the, uh, the ignoramus will say, you know what I mean, to which I will reply, you know, no, I don't know what you mean. Please be specific, because I certainly want to be more positive. What? To which they'll probably reply, well, never mind, and I'll say, I thought so. Or you could say, you know, I was thinking about having a little lift. Uh, perhaps right. I can get my insurance to cover that, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that is a great way to have them get to not, I don't take it personally. I focus on specifically what they're talking about. Well, and, and, it, that, and it shuts a lot of people down, too. And that's such a great tip. And I think what you mentioned before about being prepared Mm -hmm. and also being open to listen to what they have to say. You know, if we are going to be managing people or having a conversation, you know, there could be things that we're doing that we're not aware of as well. So you're right. Just if you're going to have that conversation, be open to hear what they have to say. Absolutely. Yeah. You're right on target there. And of course you're the expert in this. What do I expect? (laughs) Well, now it's time for the listener mailbag. So we do ask our listeners, we let them know who's going to be the upcoming guest. And we do have a question from Peggy and believe it or not, Peggy is from Dallas, Texas. Oh, go figure. <laughs> we may have already covered this, but she wants to know, what are some of the biggest mistakes people make when delivering bad news? Oh, yeah, I think we did cover this. I think the first one, first of all, is we don't do it. Right. We don't deliver the bad news. We ignore it. And we tell all our friends. The second is, for me, they don't, we don't have all the facts. We have a lot of assumptions. Well, I think that, you know, that I said this, they said that, and they're going to get mad. You know, we have all this stuff. And then the third, of course, is the attitude. We go in with the wrong, we don't go in with kazamitude. We go in with the bad attitude, and then we wonder why they get mad about it. So for me, those are the three biggest mistakes people have. Well, I'm sure Peggy asked the question that everyone else was wanting to know, so that was certainly very helpful to recap that. And, yeah. you know, I think I th- it's, it's so amazing that uh, this is a, one of the biggest challenges we have, but yet it's one of the last things we work on. We want to work on getting in shape. We want to work on, um, you know, perfecting our skills. But if we don't focus on our attitude or kazamitude, mm-hmm. then it's all for naught, isn't it? That's right. That's right. So, well, I tell you what, as we're getting to the end of this, what is something 
the well, let's say, what is the most important thing you'd like our listeners to know before we close the show today? Oh, well, that's a great question. You know what? Uh, for your listeners today, Dallas, and because you are so special, oh. <laughs> I'm offering a special free 30-minute consultation called, should I say something or let it go? Oh. Yeah, and in this session, I help listeners create a crystal clear vision for what to say and to whom, because I think that's where we lose it. We know we need to say something, but I don't know what to to say. I don't know when do I say it, all that kind of stuff. Who to take it to and timing too, right? That's right. Timing is crucial. Right. And then we will also uncover hidden challenges that may be sabotaging our success with communicating. And I'm also in, since again, because I, I'm so happy to be with your program. I'm also going to give a free bonus of a, a copy of my chapter for free. Oh, so wow. So they'll get the <laughs> script on how to say it and all that kind of stuff. They'll get that for free. Oh, that's so gracious of you. And, and I guess that would come in an e-form e so they can get it immediately. Absolutely, right, yeah. And then, of course, uh, of course, you're available for any type of speaking engagements for conferences or events. Is that true? Do you do, per- true. Do, you do personal coaching as well? I do, yes. I do one-on-one coaching, and I actually also go into organizations and do coaching with employees after I do my seminars. So I do follow-up coaching as well. Oh, great. Yeah. So if someone wants to work with you on a personal level, they can do that, but also other people out there that are involved in training at companies or organizations, they can bring you in for a more extended type of training as well. Absolutely, right. Wow. that's, That's fantastic. Well, Barbara, tell us how they can reach you. Oh, there's many ways to reach me. Let's see. My my email, ad- my website address is www.barbaracozam.com, and Kozam is spelled K-H-O-Z-A-M, K-H-O-Z-A-M. They can also reach me via email. My email is very simple, Barbara at barbaracozam.com. Okay. And what about a phone number? Oh, yes. My phone number is 619-572-1117, 619-572-1117. And Dallas, don't we have a special code? That yeah, can- absolutely. You know, I know, Barbara, you're doing this for our listeners, and we want to make sure that uh, no one else uh, can take advantage of this because you're doing this as a special offer, and we really appreciate it. I, I really know that we want to offer value for our listeners. And so in doing that, um, we want to encourage everybody to be able to take advantage of this special 30-minute consultation, which you definitely should do that, and the free copy of her chapter from Executive Etiquette Power. Make sure when you call Barbara or email her, you indicate that you're a listener of Purpose Without Limits. So you can put the uh, um, actual letters in there, PWL, Purpose Without Limits, and let her know that you listened and how much you enjoyed her. Well, Barbara, thank you so much for your time today. I certainly appreciate it, and I hope that you'll come back and join us again. I will. Thank you, Dallas. This was fun. Make plans to join us next week when our guest will be Karen Sladek, the owner of Organize for Results. Karen will be sharing some tips with us about how to get more work done in less time. We can all use a little advice in that area, can't we? And make sure to join us at our website, PurposeWithoutLimits.com, where you can sign up for special deals offered by all our guests and stay abreast of everything happening with the show, our activities. Send us your questions. We might be able to use them on air. And always, thank you for joining us today on Purpose Without Limits. You've been listening to Purpose Without Limits with your host, Dallas Teague Snyder. 
Dallas is founder of Make Your Best Impression, author of the book Professionally Polished, Business Etiquette Savvy for Today's Competitive Market, and co-author of Executive Etiquette Power. Visit MakeYourBestImpression.com for more information.